وَدَاوُودَ وَسُلَيْمَانَ And also remember Dawood and Sulaiman. Both were prophets of Allah. إِذْ يَحْكُمَانِ فِي الْحُرْثِ إِذْ وَنْ يَحْكُمَانِ They were both judging. They were both making a judgment. Concerning what? فِي الْحُرْثِ Concerning the field. Which field? Allah describes here. And remember that the حُرْث it refers to the crop also which is in the field. The field or the crop إِذْ نَفَشَتْ فِيهِ when it's scattered in it, what's scattered in that field? غَنَمُ الْقَوْمِ The sheep of a people. نَفَشَتْ From the root letters, نُونْ فَشِينْ نَفْش نَفْش is to scatter. The word نَفْش, does that remind you of any word? نَفْش نَفَشَ مَنْفُوش كَالْعِهْنِ Manfush. On the day of judgment, mountains will be like wool. What kind of wool? That is fluffed up. That has been scattered. Powdered, right? Crumbled. When concrete, when rock or something hard like that, when it's crumbled, then what do you see in the air? Clouds of dust. It looks like cotton almost that has been fluffed up. So, nafsh is to pull apart wool. Okay, to pull it apart and scatter it. It's also used for ruffled feathers. You know, generally a bird, when it's nice and dry, then how is it? Slim, right? But when the bird is taking a bath, then the feathers are ruffled up, right? So the bird looks bigger. Ruffled feathers. Let me give you an example. Perhaps you'll understand. Something that you can relate with yourself. I hope you don't mind. But when you take a shower, how is your hair? How is it? Nice and straight and together? No. How is it? It's like a big mess. Right? It's all fluffy. So what do you have to do? You have to comb it, dry it, straighten it, or put it all together in some way. Right? So this is nafsh. When something is pulled apart and it's spread, it's scattered. So from this, nafshul ghanam. Nafshul ghanam is when sheep Sheep, they stray at night without the shepherd. So imagine, a barn and the gate is open. What will happen? Will the sheep stay there? No, they're going to run away. And if right next to the barn is a field, what are they going to do? Destroy it. Imagine if it's a vineyard with grapevines. What's going to happen to all the grapes? Finish, destroy it. Because sometimes sheep, I mean these animals when they're grazing... They don't say, okay, let's eat from the top. No, no, no. I like that green part, which is right at the bottom. And the next thing you know, the stem, right from the bottom, has been snapped off. So the whole plant above it is gone. It's going to dry up. So the whole field is destroyed. This is nafshul ghanam. When sheep stray at night without the shepherd, and they end up running over or grazing the fields. They eat what they're not supposed to eat. They walk over what they're not supposed to walk over. So the whole farm or the whole crop is destroyed. So there was a crop like that and some sheep ran over it in the night. So this case was brought to Dawood a.s. And Dawood a.s. he was a prophet as well as a king. And he was from which people? The Bani Israel. A prophet and a king. 
Remember in Surah Al-Baqarah we learned that the Bani Israel, they requested a prophet of theirs to ask Allah to make dua that someone is appointed as a king among them so that they fight under him, with him, and they get back their homes, right? So what happened? Talut was appointed as a king. Talut and Jalut, remember the battle took place. وَقَتَلَ دَاوُودُ Jalut. Dawood killed Jalut. So what happened? Talut was very happy with Dawood and he got Dawood married to his daughter. When Talut died, who became the king? Dawood And Allah also gave him prophethood. So he was king and prophet. Alright? So as a king, as a leader of the people, such cases were also brought to him for judgment. So Dawood when this case is brought to him, the two neighbors basically, they had this issue. When they came to him, Sulaiman was also nearby. Sulaiman who was he? The son of Dawood At this time, Sulaiman was still very young. It is said that he was maybe 16 years old. He was young. He was not a prophet at this time or a king. Allahu A'lam. But of course, if Dawood is the father, the king, the prophet, then definitely Sulaiman being the son, he's younger. Right? So Allah says, وَكُنَّا And we were لِحُكْمِهِمْ For their judgment, shahideen witnesses. Meaning we witnessed. Allah knew exactly what happened over there. How the case was presented and what judgment Dawood gave. And how Sulaiman suggested something else. Now, the two people that brought their case to Dawood Now if you look at the problem over here. Okay, the owner of the sheep, the shepherd. I mean, if his sheep went at night and destroyed the crop of the neighbor, now the neighbor, he suffered a huge loss. But at the same time, the shepherd, I mean, what can he do? It was an accident. You understand? At night it happened, and when sheep are going over somebody else's field, how can you stop them? Right? Especially if you're sleeping in the night. What are you meant to do? But at the same time, the farmer, he's incurred a huge loss. So Dawood he ruled, what's the ruling that he gave? That the owner of the field, so the farmer, he should be given the sheep. Now he should become the owner of the sheep. What about the shepherd? Nothing. Your loss. Why? Because Dawood he saw that the sheep were equivalent in their value to the crop. So he said that you caused him this much damage, so you have to pay the price. How do you pay the price? Just give the sheep. Because the crop, meaning the farmland, and the sheep are of equivalent value. So you understand? If I cause you a damage of $1,000, what am I supposed to do? Give you $1,000. But if I don't have those $1,000, what can I do? Give you something of equal value. Right? So in this case, Dawood said, the sheep are the exact same value as the field, so give him the sheep. Allah says, فَفَهَمْنَاهَا Sulaiman." But we gave the fahm of this issue to who? Sulaiman What is fahm? Understanding. Sulaiman even though he was the son, even though he was younger, Allah gave him the correct understanding of this issue. So Sulaiman he said no. He said, Father, what you should do is that tell the shepherd to give his sheep to the farmer. The farmer gets to keep the sheep 
enjoy them, benefit from their profit, while the shepherd is working on his field, fixing it. Once he fixes the field, and the field is back to how it was before, the field goes back to the farmer, and the sheep go back to the shepherd. This way, there is no loser. You understand? There is no loser. Because if you take the sheep and permanently give them to the other guy, what does a shepherd have? Nothing. But if you give it temporarily to the landowner, while his land is being fixed, then okay, it's a temporary loss for the shepherd, but then eventually, at the end, both win. Both have something. فَفَهَمْنَاهَا سُلَيْمَانَ So Sulaiman viewed the exact issue in a different way. He saw that the cost of the damage that was caused by the sheep, the cost of the damage that was caused by the sheep, was also the same as the profit that could be made from the sheep. So Sulaiman looked at the profit, whereas Dawood looked at the assets, the property. You understand? Dawood said property equal value. You cause him this much loss, give him this property. Sulaiman said, no, this, we don't just look at it as property, we look at the profit that you can make from it. Alright? So the profit that you make from the sheep is the same as the loss that was caused to the land. So you just give the sheep to him so that he can get the same profit while his land is being fixed. Once it's fixed, then everybody gets their stuff back. فَفَهَمْنَاهَا Sulaiman. Allah gave the understanding to Sulaiman. وَكُلًّا And each, all, meaning Dawood and Sulaiman, both of them, أَتَيْنَا حُكْمًا وَعِلْمًا We gave them both حُكْم, judgment, sound judgment, wisdom and knowledge. Meaning just because Sulaiman made the right verdict at this situation, don't think that Dawood he had no knowledge and he had no wisdom. No. Don't think like that. What do we see here? Something very beautiful. That it's quite possible that someone is greater in their knowledge and their experience and their age, alright, in their status. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives someone else the ability to suggest the right you know, decision, to come to the right conclusion. Just because someone is younger doesn't mean they have to be wrong all the time. Just because someone has less knowledge, less experience, less status, doesn't mean they will always be wrong. No, it's quite possible that sometimes they also make the right decision. So for instance, sometimes we look at younger people as crazy. Just followers of their desires. Right? So teenager, anything that the teenager says has to be wrong. No, it's not necessary. Sometimes what happens, women, they view their husbands as, he's always wrong. Or it's the other way. If my husband is saying it, it's wrong. If my wife is saying it, it's wrong. No. Don't look at who is saying. See what he is saying. See what he is saying. What are they saying? Trust the other person. Give them a chance. Let them make a mistake even. But give them a chance. How will they learn? You see, the way people learn is when they are trusted. When they are trusted. Sometimes it happens that we become too protective and we don't want somebody to make a mistake. And so we don't even give them a chance. We don't even give them that liberty. But let them make mistakes. They will learn eventually. It's like when it comes to doing laundry. 
Alright? Putting dirty clothes in the machine. Yeah, there are times when you mix everything together. Right? And so your white hijab comes out purple. Alright? Or it comes out in a shade of pink. Why? Because you put your pink sweater with it. Or sometimes, you know, you put everything in the dryer together and you see that everything has shrunk. Even your brand new sweater, it's gone. Or you put so much detergent that even when the clothes are done, they still feel soapy. Right? But then what happens? Through trial and error, you learn. When you start cooking, when you start baking, initially you make a lot of mistakes. I remember one of the first times I made cookies. All right? I was like, okay, I read the recipe. I'm like, yeah, I think it asked for maybe one teaspoon of baking soda. And I'm like, oh, I don't have a teaspoon, so you know what, just put it. And I put a whole lot. A whole lot. Such that they were baking soda cookies. They weren't chocolate chip cookies, they were baking soda cookies. You couldn't eat them. But I mean, you made that mistake. And then eventually you learn. So we see that Dawood as a king, as a prophet, who does he have next to him, near him? Sulaiman. And Sulaiman gives a suggestion. And Dawood he accepts it. He gives him that trust that yes, even you can come up with a good decision. And then, at the same time, we see that this should not be generalized. Just because someone impresses you once, doesn't mean that they will always be perfect. No, they got it right once, and they can also make a mistake next time. And then they can get it right the next time. And then they can make a mistake the next time. Because what happens is that if somebody makes one mistake, they fall in our eyes, and we completely cross them out. I'm never going to work with them. I'm never going to give them this option. Allah says, وَكُلَّنْ آتَيْنَا حُكْمًا وَعِلْمًا وَسَخَّرْنَا And we subjected مَعَ دَاوُودَ With Dawood, Al-Jibal Mountains. Dawood a.s. Allah mentions a fadl. A special fadl that was given to him. And what was that? That mountains were subjected with him. For what purpose? يُسَبِّحْنَا They would do tasbih. Who would do tasbih? The mountains would do tasbih. With who? With Dawood a.s. Because Dawood a.s. was given zabur. And what is Zabur? Huh? It's a collection of tasbihat, you can say. Okay, words that glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Dawood when he would do tasbih, who would join him in that tasbih? The mountains also. Wattayr, and even birds. Now a person might say, okay, he's doing tasbih, and the mountains, I mean, you can hear the echo, or the birds, they're chirping. Allah says, يُسَبِّحْنَا Any person, if they say anything in a place like a valley, they'll hear that echo back. Right? This is not echo. What is it? Tasbih. The mountains would literally do tasbih. How? Allah says, وَكُنَّا فَاعِلِينَ We were the ones making this happen. We were doing this. We were making it happen. Because remember that Allah can accomplish His goal. بِالْأَسْبَابِ وَبِدُونِ الْأَسْبَابِ وَبِضِدِّ الْأَسْبَابِ and besides, this should not be something difficult to understand because وَإِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا بِحَمْدِ There is nothing except that it praises and glorifies Allah. وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ And we taught him. Who? Dawood a.s. We taught him صَنْعَةَ لَبُوسٍ صَنْعَةَ Crafting, manufacturing. صَنْعَةَ from صَادْ To manufacture, to produce something. So we taught him the art the skill of manufacturing, of making, of fashioning, labusin. Labus, lam, ba, sin. Does that remind you of a word? Libas. What is libas? 
clothes. Laboos is that which is worn and worn really well. Why? To protect yourself. So what do you think it is? Armor. Whether it's a helmet or a glove or a shield or armor that is worn on the, you know, for instance, the chest or anything. Anything that is worn as protection. Alright? Like for example, winter gear. What is it? What is your winter gear? When you're going for skiing, for example. Exactly. It includes everything, right? It's not just your jacket. Even the snow pants and your gloves and your hat. And what else? Scarf and something on the face also and ears also, right? So this is a kind of laboose. But laboose in particular over here, what is it referring to? Armor. What is worn in battle. Dawood is the one who made armor. And who taught him that skill? Allah. وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ صَنَعَةَ لَبُوسِ لَكُمْ For you, for your benefit. And to this day, people benefit from this. Why? لِتُحْصِنَكُمْ So that it would protect you. حَصَادْنُونَ حِصْن It would protect you مِنْ بَأْسِكُمْ From your might. Meaning battle. It protects you in battle. And imagine if there was no concept of armor. If iron was such that you couldn't mold it, you couldn't give it any form. And nothing such as that could be worn on the body to protect it, then what would happen? فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ شَاكِرُونَ Allah says, then would you be grateful? Would you be grateful? Allah taught His Prophet this skill. And because of that, you are protected in your battles today. فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ شَاكِرُونَ Then would you be grateful? It is said, Qatada, he said that before Dawood salam. People, you know, they made armor, they wore armor, but it was plated. Does that remind you of something? Plated armor? Okay. Remember Alice in Wonderland? No? You guys are not familiar? I guess it's not known in Canada. Anyway, when I grew up, I read and saw, watched Alice in Wonderland. Anyway, in that story, I I have to give you something that you can picture in your head. So, you know those steel men or people with plated armor, so it's like just a sheet covering the chest and a sheet, you know, covering the arms and the hands. So it's so difficult to move. Imagine if you're wearing clothes made of cardboard. Cardboard. Would you be able to walk easily? No, right? So this is the kind of armor that people would wear before Dawood salam. And if you're wearing armor, then you're just standing like a mannequin. You can't move. It's so difficult to move and it's so heavy, right? And it restricts your movement. So it was more like a burden. But Dawood salam in Surah Sabah, Ayah 10, 11, we learn, وَأَلَنَّا لَهُ الْحَدِيدِ We made iron soft for Dawood salam. Dawood salam is the one who was taught how to make things from iron. And it was made soft for him. Soft in the sense that it was pliable for him. So he could you know, give it different forms, different shapes, different sizes. So he was the first one to make a chain of iron. So links. Alright? If you look at your gold necklace even, what is it? It's basically links. Now when you wear that and you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I look so beautiful. Remember that this concept of chains... Links, who began this? It started with Dawood 
Allah says, فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ شَاكِرُونَ Then would you be grateful? You see, we benefit from so many technologies and inventions and things that people have made or discovered or uh, learned to do over time. And we take all of these things for granted. We take it for granted. But remember that it started from some man, some man, some person. You know, we turn the lights on and off so easily. We leave them on and we just, we don't even think about it. But imagine the first time a man, he lit the light bulb. He made the light bulb. Electricity and light. I mean, it's a huge blessing. So Dawood was the first one to make links. Allah says, فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ شَاكِرُونَ Then would you be grateful? Don't take it for granted. وَلِسُلَيْمَانَ الرِّيحِ And to Sulaiman we subjected the wind. Now you think if the father was given this much, and then his son, who also became a king and a prophet, and Allah gave him special understanding also, then what favors was he given? They're listed. وَلِسُلَيْمَانَ الرِّيحِ Allah subjected the wind for Sulaiman And what does that mean? That Sulaiman could use the wind. He could control the wind. You know, this is just like Allah has subjected different things for us. So for instance, animals. Right? You can tame an animal, you can train it, you can use it for agriculture, you can you know, use it for hunting, different things. Allah has subjected these animals for us so we can use them however we wish. Sulaiman could use the wind however he wished. Now a person might wonder, okay, so what's the big deal? If he could use the wind however he wished, what's the big deal? You know what that meant? If he wanted that wind should blow to the right, it would blow to the right. If he wanted that the wind should blow to the left, it will blow to the left. If he wanted the wind to be fast, it will blow fast. If he wanted that the wind should blow you know, softly, not that fast, it would blow like that. It was under his control. So he controlled not just the speed, but even the direction of the wind. And why? Why? For travel. For travel purposes. In Surah Saba, Ayah 12, we learn, وَلِسُلَيْمَانَ الرِّيحَ غُدُوُّهَا شَهْرٌ وَرَوَاحُهَا شَهْرٌ And to Sulaiman, we subjected the wind. Its morning journey was that of a month. So in one morning, through wind, Sulaiman and his armies would cover the distance that is usually covered in a month. And in one evening, the same distance. So they had some form of air travel. Some form of air travel. And not just that, Controlling the speed as well as the direction of the wind. Allah says, Asifah over here. What does Asifah mean? Violent and fast. If He wanted the wind to blow really fast, violently, it would happen. But what's amazing is that Tajri bi Amri. It would flow, meaning the wind would blow at His command. Whose command? Sulaiman alayhi command. Ilal ard to the land. Which land? Allati barakna fiha, which we had blessed. Which land is this? Asham, Palestine, and that is where Sulaiman used to live. That was his home. And we were of everything knowing. Meaning, whatever that Sulaiman was doing, Allah was fully aware of that. And of the shayateen. Meaning, the shayateen were also subjected to Sulaiman. What are shayateen? The jinn. And why are they called shayateen over here? Are all jinn bad? No, but the reason why they're called shayateen is jinn. When you think about a jinn, rebellious nature. 
Right? Because whenever you think about jinn, who comes to your mind? Iblis. Rebellion. Right? And the thing is that jinn is someone that a human being cannot control physically in the sense that, you know, if there is a person or an animal, you can tie them up. Right? So, وَمِنَ الشَّيَاطِينِ But shayateen, they were subjected under who? Sulaiman alayhi salam. And what did he do with those shayateen? If you hear that this person has five jinn, he talks to the jinn. What do you think the kind of things are doing? Would they be generally positive? No. Sulaiman alayhi salam, he had these jinn, and what would the jinn do? Man hu yagusuna lahu. Yagusuna from ghaws, ghain wausad. Ghaws to plunge, to submerge, to dive deep to the bottom of you know a riverbed or ocean or sea. Okay? Why? To collect pearls or something like that. So the jinn would dive in the water, would go deep into the water where the human beings could not go. Lahu for him, meaning for Sulaiman at his command. And this could be for different reasons. Could be maybe for research or find something there or bring something from there. Allahu A'lam. Man lahu. They would dive deep in the water for him. And not just that, وَيَعْمَلُونَ And they would do amalan actions, دُونَ ذَلِكْ Besides that. And amal over here is not just action, it's labor, work. Because amal is it's some work that you do deliberately. Right? Some work that you do deliberately. Feral, amal, the primary difference between these two words, because feral is action, amal is action. Primary difference is that amal is that which is done deliberately. So they would do work for Sulaiman or Islam, duna dalik other than that also, such as construction of buildings, etc. وَكُنَّا لَهُمْ حَافِظِينَ And we were of them حَافِظِينَ Guardian. Meaning Allah was guarding. Allah was guarding. Allah was protecting. Allah was making sure that none of the jinn would deviate. None of the jinn would just run away. Because think about it. A jinn, you can't see them. You can't control them. And if you tell them to do something, how are you to guarantee that they will do it? How are you to make sure that they will do the work? You can't. Which is why people who claim that they have jinn under their control, remember that there is something fishy there. There is a problem there. So never trust such individuals. Because it's not possible for a human being to have jinn in his control. Remember that. It's not possible for a human being to have jinn under his control. Because jinn is someone whom you cannot capture. You can chase him away, but you cannot capture him. You understand that? And Sulaiman was the only one who was given this authority over the jinn. And Allah says, وَكُنَّا لَهُمْ حَافِظِينَ We were guarding. And remember that Sulaiman he made a dua. And what was that? That, oh Allah, the kingdom that you've given me, the powers that you've given me, don't give them to anyone else after me. And Allah accepted his dua. Which is why we learned that at one occasion, the Prophet ﷺ, he was praying salah, and a jinn, it came and it tried to harm the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said that I remembered the dua of my brother Sulaiman, so I let that jinn go. Otherwise, I would have tied him up and the children of Medina would play with him. So what does it mean then? Can any person do that? Sulaiman ﷺ was given that ability. Alright? And the Prophet ﷺ also, he had that ability. 
But the dua of Sulaiman alayhi salam, what did that mean? That no person should have control over the jinn in this way. So how is it that people get the jinn to work for them then? You hear all these stories. Remember that the jinn can only work for someone either on voluntary basis, they volunteer their services, alright? Or because they get something in return. They get something in return. They get some benefit in return. What's the biggest thing that jinn like? What is it? What do you think the jinn love? Huh? Okay. But what is it that they love to receive from human beings? Do you think it's food? Money? Space? No. What do they like? Not information. Worship? Okay, servitude. This is in the nature of shaitan, right? Remember Iblis? He said, Ana khairum min. Ana khairum min. I am better than Adam. So what shaitan loves is that the human being should make himself small before him, before the jinn. And this is mentioned in Surah Jinn also. Right? That, Rijalu min al-insi. يَعُوذُونَ بِرِجَالِ مِنَ الْجِنِّ فَزَادُوهُمْ رَهَقًا That there were people from amongst human beings who would seek refuge and protection in who? In the jinn. And this increased the jinn in arrogance. Because when the Arabs would travel and they would have to camp somewhere, they would say, we seek the protection of the jinn of this area. And they would offer something you know, to please that jinn. So that the jinn would you know, not harm them or protect them. But would the jinn protect them? No. As long as you keep feeding it, as long as you keep giving it something, as long as you keep humiliating yourself before the jinn, he's happy. You understand? So if someone is saying, yeah, I've got jinn, I can get this work done for you. There's shirk over here. Which is why magic is kufr. Because what is magic? You're using the jinn. You cannot use the jinn unless you please them. And when you please them, you are devoting something to them, which is what? An act of worship dedicated to other than Allah, which is what? Shirk. So you understand? You know, sometimes people say that, oh, if you're sick, just go to this person and they have jinn and that jinn will do something. Keep away from such people. Because this is only, you know, problems. It's only going to increase you in problems. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَدَاوُودَ وَسُلَيْمَانَ إِذْ يَحْكُمَانِ فِي الْحَرْثِ إِذْ نَفَشَتْ فِيهِ غَنَمُ الْقَوْمِ إِذْ نَفَشَتْ فِيهِ غَنَمُ الْقَوْمِ وَكُنَّا لِحُكْمِهِمْ شَاهِدِينَ فَفَهَّمْنَاهَا سُلَيْمَانَ وَكُلًّا آتَيْنَا حُكْمًا وَعِلْمًا وَسَخَّرْنَا مَعَ دَاوُودَ الْجِبَالَ يُسَبِّحْنَ وَالطَّيْرَ وَكُنَّا فَاعِلِينَ وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ صَنْعَةَ لَبُوسٍ لَكُمْ لِتُحْصِنَكُمْ مِنْ بَأْسِكُمْ فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ شَاكِرُونَ وَلِسُلَيْمَانَ الرِّيحَ عَاصِفَةً تَجْرِي بِأَمْرِهِ 
You know, Sulaiman at his time, it is said that there were huge buildings also and amazing construction. And that was done by who? By the jinn. Because whatever was beyond human ability, Sulaiman would use the jinn to do that. So for instance, diving and even constructing, he would make the jinn do that. And I mean, it shows that if someone has the ability to do something, that ability should be used. It should be properly channelized. Because imagine if the jinn under his control, then they have to do something. If they're not told to do something, what will they do then? Fasad. Right? So for instance, you know, it is said that this man, some jinn came to him. And those jinn said, oh, we want to do something for you. So he would tell them, okay, go do this. They would come back within a few minutes. Okay, we're done. Okay, we're done. Okay, we're done. So then he said, okay, get me a sack of rice. And then another sack of lentils. And another sack of some different lentils. And they were all mixed up. And then he said, okay, separate them. Separate them. Meaning separate the rice from the dried lentils. Because he had to put them to some work. So he didn't know what to do. So anyway, the point that I'm making over here is that when someone has the ability to do something, and when they have a lot of energy, channelize their energy in the right direction. Because if you don't, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Problems for you. So for instance, sometimes you see children going crazy, opening one you know, cupboard and taking the cereal box out and dumping it on the floor and then running around with their dishes and opening every cupboard and every drawer. And you wonder, why are these kids behaving in that way? Because they don't know what to do. That's the problem. In the Quran, Surah Sa'ad, Ayah 37, we learn, وَالشَّيَاطِينَ كُلَّ بَنَّاءٍ We subjected to Sulaiman a.s. shayateen, every builder and diver. So the shayateen would build and they would also dive. He put them to work. And all of this was happening not because of Sulaiman a.s.'s own strength and ability, but why? How? Under Allah's control. Because if you look at all of these verses, these last two verses especially, وَكُنَّا بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَالِمِينَ and وَكُنَّا لَهُمْ حَافِظِينَ All of this was happening with Allah's knowledge under His protection. Allah was protecting Sulaiman a.s. Allah was keeping watch over the jinn so that none of them would cheat Sulaiman a.s. or do any form of fasad or deviate from his orders. Now Sulaiman a.s. one thing that we learned in the previous ayat was that فَفَهَّمْنَاهَا Sulaiman. Allah gave the understanding of that matter to Sulaiman a.s. If you think about it, the judgment that Dawood a.s. made, it was fair. Wasn't it? It was fair. Because he looked at it from the asset or property value point of view. It was a fair judgment. An even better judgment was that given by Sulaiman a.s. What does this show to us? That it's quite possible that there are multiple right answers to something. Alright? However, 
That doesn't mean that all of them are of equal value. Dawood salam's decision was right. But Sulaiman salam's decision was even better. It was even more fair. Dawood salam's decision, it brought justice just immediately. But if you think about Sulaiman salam's decision, how was that? It established justice in the long run. Right? It was more fair. It was better. So always go for the better option. And how did Sulaiman come to that conclusion? Because Allah gave him that understanding. So if ever you're dealing with a problem and you cannot figure out a solution, or even if you have a solution, you don't feel like it's the best solution, then ask Allah for understanding. This is why the scholars would say, Ya Mu'allima Ibrahim, Alimni, O one who taught Ibrahim, teach me also. Waya Mufahima Sulaiman, Fahimni. And O one who gave understanding to Sulaiman, grant me understanding also. Because Allah is the one who gives ilm, rushd, as well as faham. Alright, your turn. Your turn to speak. My time to rest. Where is the mic? Go ahead. This is so beautiful. That mountains are making an echo and the birds are also chirping. Yeah. The Dawood voice was so beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala liked it so much that he ordered mountain go and join Dawood. Yes. And then imagine that Dawood is reciting and mountains are making an echo and he, the, yeah. the house voice is heavy yeah. and the birds are also chirping. Yeah. Once we were teaching children and we make one group of the children um, the recitation of the Quran, one group of children making the mountain, making with a heavy voice and one group of children with the birds, a uh, thin voice. And when they recited, don't believe it, it's, it was hundred times better than the rap music and what not. And bad. It was beautiful. <laughs> yes. Now remember, just to further clarify, I made this clarification earlier also. Remember that the mountains did not echo back because they will echo back the sound of anybody, even you and I, even music, right? But what we learn over here is the mountains, yusabbihna, they did tasbih. With what mouth? Wakunna fa'ilin. Allah was making them do it. But the point over here is that when Dawood would do tasbih, he wouldn't be alone. The mountains were ordered to join him in that tasbih. And not just the mountains, but even birds. وَالطَّيْرْ mahshura Gathered up in the Qur'an we learn. That the birds would also gather around him from everywhere and they would join in that tasbih. You know when you look at Snow White or something and she's singing and you have all these birds chirping around her. Okay, beautiful. But even more beautiful is when Dawood did tasbih and the mountains joined him and the birds joined him in tasbih. How? Allahu A'lam. But what we learn here is that definitely when one person is reading, okay, it's beautiful. But when a lot of people are reading together, then how is it? Even more beautiful. Or is it not? It is. Go ahead. Asalaamu Alaikum. Uh, there are some amazing YouTube videos by Sheikh uh, Titim Humble and Sheikh Husnain. I think that's the name. I forget the title, but it's about the, the diary journey. of an exorcist. Or yeah, it's really amazing. I would urge all of you to watch. Although after the fourth episode, I couldn't go ahead. It's scary too, but it's knowledge basically. Yeah. Clarification on jinn issues. 
right? Which is something that, I mean, we should be aware of because every other thing is jinn, jinn, magic, jinn, evil eye. So we should know what is haq and what is not. And if there is a problem, how should that be cured also? Alhamdulillah, yes. In a language that we can also understand. I'm not going to let you go. Assalamualaikum. I was just thinking like, you know how you said that Allah's knowledge, whenever I think of the Quran, like I think of the Allah's knowledge, He's actually like uh, testing us and stuff. So I was just thinking that the Quran is so beautiful. It's like, it's like we can should tell it to other people that way they know about Islam as well. So I think the Quran is way too beautiful as, as Allah's knowledge that gives us knowledge that can give other people yes. knowledge as well. I mean, look at how beautifully prophet after prophet is mentioned and more is to be mentioned in the following verses about the prophets of Allah. And what we see is that Allah tested them with what? With khair and shar. With good and with bad. In the sense that there were times of ease and there were also times of difficulty. Ibrahim salam, where he has the high status of being you know, father of two nations and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises him so much in the Qur'an. At the same time, look at the difficulties that he endured in the way of Allah. And then Dawood salam, he didn't get to his position that easily. Sulaiman also and all the prophets that are mentioned in these verses, they went through a lot. Difficulty and ease. Assalamualaikum. There's this new thing trending around. I don't know if all of you have seen it. The issue of a dress that's either black and blue or gold and white. And my sister and I was discussing this yesterday. And I told her, I can't see the black and blue. All I see is the gold and white. And she looked at it. And this kind of just reminded me of the different perspectives that people have. Sometimes we see something and the other person can't see it. And... You know, it just goes yes, to yes. I, I was reading up an article about that, that why is it that some people, because I saw one person in front of me and she's arguing that no, it's blue. I'm like, no, it's not blue, it's white. <laughs> Either, you know, there's a problem with me or there's a problem with you. But you know what? There's a problem with neither of us. Why is it that some people view it as white and gold and others view it as blue? And then I showed it to my son and he said it's blue. And I was like, what's going on here? Anyway, the reason is that some people, they're just looking at the pattern and because of the pattern of the dress, they see certain colors. Some people, when they're looking at the dress, they're not just looking at the dress, they're also keeping in mind the color that is around the dress. And some people, they're not just looking at those colors, but also the phone and their surroundings or the screen on which they're looking at the phone. So depending on your perspective, how you view things, are you looking at just the design Are you looking at just the dress? Are you looking at just the screen or everything? That will determine what colors you see. So you understand, it's not that the color is different, it's the same. But each person views it differently depending on their point of view or depending on their perspective. And that doesn't mean that I am wrong and you are right. Always. I was thinking, um, you know, children nowadays, they love Spider-Man and Batman and monster cartoons or whatnot, and all those things that are fake. So I was thinking if we can share these stories, I'm already thinking about how I'm going to do my class lesson on Dawood and Sulaiman, something which is so, you know, real. Mm-hmm. And they will be so amazed by the fact that really it can happen. 
and those were the prophets and it's such a amazing way to share this information with children yes very good point i remember when i watched superman for the first time i was fascinated and you know when you see something you want to do it as well but then that realization that it's not true that made me sad and you know okay one is that you can't do it but that realization that it's a lie it's not true it never happened it doesn't happen mean that it's very disappointing so when we tell children true stories of true superheroes then that is something that will benefit them their iman their yaqeen in the power of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these are heroes assalamu alaikum as you were telling about the story of the dress uh, that how we perceive it i was just thinking subhanallah as allah says that he's made everyone different so it's basically the coordination between uh, the different cells of your eye and the different cells of your mind which are perceiving that the same thing so subhanallah i mean how different one person is using some cells of their eyes and their mind to visualize a picture and another person differently so how different we are yes i mean the number of the cells we have in our eyes countless the number of the type of cells we are using in the brain countless i mean subhanallah that makes you feel overwhelmed and the mightness of allah yes. the greatness of allah so how he has made everybody so different subhanallah yes. very true how great is allah this is his creation that each is unique over here Assalamu alaikum. Going back to the comment before about uh, telling the story to children, I remember the first lesson I ever did at Ahuda, I think it was during your full-time program, was uh, the story of Queen Sheba and Sayman al-Islam. And then, and I was in grade 12, but I found it so fascinating. Oh my God, the Qur'an talks about this stuff. Because before, it was just, the Qur'an was something that you read during Salah, but you didn't understand any of it. And it was so fascinating. Like, and I remember I was on the car ride the next day to school. I was telling my dad about it. I'm like, do you know that this happened inside the Qur'an? Allah talks about all these like amazing miracles and how she's walking over water, but it was glass. So it's not only, like, it's fascinating to children too, but even when, like, other people realize like the diversity of the quran is not just like a book of rules but there's um stories like this and all that it's going to draw different people to it yes jazakallah khairan over there assalamualaikum i was just thinking of the parent child relationship that's there and it's not that daud ali they didn't have that argument that no i'm the parent so i'm right sex for you right yes and it's amazing because we learned that daud ali salam he also accepted the ruling of the suggestion of Sulaiman that's really big a father accepting his son's suggestion and I'm thinking about on the same lines that means mashallah he has given this kind of perverish to him that he has this kind of confidence and he had opportunity to be included and have the courage to come in and bring his own perspective Yes. so a lot of uh, upbringing uh, of that course. shows that many times we don't give children that opportunity that they express yes. uh, their opinion and what this reminds me of is the incident about zaid bin haritha remember the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he owned zaid radhiyallahu anhu as a slave and this is before prophethood and zaid radhiyallahu anhu was not a slave in the sense that he was kidnapped and sold as a slave 
So when his family found out that he was in Makkah, his father and his uncle traveled to Makkah and they spoke to the Prophet ﷺ and they said that, look, our son is not a slave and it hurts us to see our son as a slave. So whatever you ask us, we will give you, but please let him go with us. So the Prophet ﷺ said, I will leave this decision to Zayd. It's his call. Whatever he decides for himself. I was thinking about it that a young boy is given the decision, you decide. You want to stay with me? You're more than welcome. You'd like to go? You're more than welcome. It's up to you. And this is why Zayd who loved the Prophet ﷺ because the Prophet ﷺ did not suffocate him, did not control him. He gave him the choice. You decide. And what did Zayd choose? Slavery over freedom. And then the Prophet ﷺ in honoring the wish of Zayd's father, as well as in his love for Zayd who he declared, he went to the Kaaba with Zayd and he said, oh people here, this is Zayd bin Muhammad now. He's my son, my adopted son. And obviously that was later on abrogated, but you see how even the Prophet ﷺ gave that freedom to Zayd anhu. The I see here the lesson that when there's a dispute also that someone comes and complains and we're not just taking that ruling. And then there's also another way of looking at it. When you go and hear the other person's situation or you go and see it. So like we're not just jumping to the first conclusion that there's so many ways you can come into decisions once you see the other side what happens. Yes, very true. And this is why وَأَمْرُهُمْ شُورَ بَيْنَهُمْ That the affair of the believers is through shura, consultation. Right? You consult one another. Doesn't mean that you consult the whole world, should you buy that dress or not. But you consult the relevant people. right? Because you look at things in one way. And it's possible that another person looks at the same thing in a different way, and their approach is better than yours. Yes. Everything discuss every all the aspects, but the only thing which is like the dua, Hasbunallahu wa Nimal al-Wakil, believe me, uh, as the students are there, Whenever I have like uh, calamity or any distress or any stress or any tension, believe me, whenever I read this dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala listens. Even when I go to the market or anywhere and I have to park my car, oh my God, I have to park. Can you believe I just start reciting when I started going home, husband Allah wa name al-wakil, and I got it. So it's really, really, but you have to say it with the deep from your heart. Of course. This is the main thing. And before that, you should exhaust all your effort in doing what you have to do also. Because our problems, we do nothing. We sit back and we say, Allah is enough for me. Yes, Allah is enough for you, but you also have to do something. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashadu an la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.